0: Have such sights to show you. Don't come any closer. They're behind us.
1: I met this six-year-old child with the blackest eyes. Deafness. You're listening to Some Daylight Required, a father and daughter podcast dedicated to reviewing the classic and the not-so classic horror movies. Thrillers or something just a little spooky. And of course, each review comes with a healthy side of General Chit Chat. This week we decide to turn up the decibels, so sit back, relax, and join us on our journey into the depths of darkness as we discuss Scream. You like scary movies. Uh-huh. Or? What's your favorite scary movie? Uh I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. Hello and welcome to Some Della Required, a podcast you should never ghost. I'm Ray the Munchman Williams and today I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime herself, Emily. How are you doing today, Emily?
0: I'm good.
1: <laughs> and uh, how's your week been? What have you been up to since the last time we spoke? Have you been uh, playing or reading anything new? Or?
0: Well, I have been watching The Legend of Korra, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the sequel series. To um, Avatar.
1: The Last Airbender. Avatar yeah.
0: The Last Airbender, yes. Yeah. So it's like there's Avatar The Last Airbender, you got those three seasons, and you got The Legend of Korra, which is set after, after Aang dies, yep. the, the next reincarnated Avatar, mm-hmm. and her name's Korra, and it's all about her and what what's happening. because like a 100 years after sort of difference yep, here.
1: Yeah.
0: I've been playing a lot more on the Switch ever since I got it, yep. but I've been playing well, one of my favourite games now since I got a couple more is Ori in the Blind Forest.
1: Oh, yeah, and that, that only arrived today.
0: Yeah, so, and I really played it a little bit, but it's incredible, and I love it.
1: Oh, yeah, so it was a good pick.
0: Yes, it is amazing.
1: So can you give our listeners a, a rough idea of what the storyline of Ori is?
0: Okay, well, Ori is this little glowing... I don't even know what he is, but he glows. and I think he gl- is
1: Is he meant to be a, a spirit of the forest or something?
0: Yeah, something like that. He's adorable, but he's also very weak and frail. Anyway, he basically gets orphaned and then he lives with some other thing. It's, it looks cute. And anyway, there's this big owl thing which steals the light of the forest. Okay, yep. And then that, and then Ori goes on an adventure. There's not really much speaking in it and there's no like objectives. You just basically run around. I'm assuming from the little cutscenes and the small amount of narration, that Ori's trying to find whatever this owl thingy is and fight it.
1: Oh, yeah, to basically res- rescue the the forest.
0: Yeah, and restore the light.
1: Excellent. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's actually it's the graphics are incredible. The controllers the controls feel really smooth when you're playing it. Yep. Like one part, Ori can like climb up walls. Basically, it feels really nice when you're doing it. it like because you can run, jump, and then j- jump onto the wall. And there's no, like, staggering or sort of, like, it's flows.
1: <laughs> so, and he does, I think the game has a lot of jumping involved in it. There's a lot of double yeah. jumps and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. But you got to unlock those with special um, level ups.
1: Special abilities. So have you been uh, reading anything or anything uh, as well?
0: N- no, not really. Not I've really? I've been slacking in the reading department.
1: Too much fun on the Switch this week, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been reading, watching, or doing? in general
1: both of us i've been watching legend of cora with you um because we both enjoyed avatar the last airbender so as you know yeah we've we've both been sitting down watching that together and i haven't really been reading on anything i'm still waiting on a couple of comics to arrive to fill in the gap in the death metal series that i've got which and then i can continue on reading so they should hopefully be here in the next week or two i wasn't able to pick them up from my local comic shops so i've had to unfortunately buy them from another comic shop and get it, they're getting shipped in but once i've got that then i can continue going there that it's looking good because it's right at the apex of the storyline you know there's the evil batman so basically there's a good a batman there's a normal universe and then there's the dark universe and there's a the joker uh the batman who laughs which is like basically if bruce wayne as the joke uh as batman gets aghast and becomes like the joker he's basically a chaos like joker, but he's still got Bruce Wayne's brains and then he comes to the um he collects all these other Batmans from other universes in the dark universe where they're all bad Batmans and he makes his own justice league with them and then he's come up into the normal multiverse of the light multiverse and he's basically trying he's he's teamed up with like another god to basically destroy all the multiverses and then rebuild them in, like, their own idea. Um, and it's just it's really cool. And it's, like, right at that point where the good guys now have a plan, but whether or not that plan's going to go ahead and succeed, we don't know. So it's all, like, I'm right at that point where it's, like, the big turning point of the story. I'm assuming that something's going to go right for them for a little bit and then go bad and then come back to good. But I'm right at the point where they've just come up with a plan and they're trying to implement it. But I can't read any further because I'm waiting on the comics. But I'm I'm enjoying that a lot.
0: I hate it when you just get to a certain point and in you're all white.
1: Yeah. And it's horrible. Uh, um, apart from that I haven't been reading anything, haven't been playing anything, but I'm still working on the little RPG maker game that we spoke about last episode. So I've been tinkering around with the, the software, building a template and I've got it pretty much working how I like like want it to run, so how how the controls will all function. And I've Rewatched because one of my ideas I'm not sure if you recall but I was thinking of doing something along the lines of Night of the Living Dead like because that's an old 1968 movie I love that movie it's one of my favorite movies ever and I've really wanted to sort of put that into a game but after rewatching it just the other night to see if I could find some plot points to use to build the game I don't think it would translate very well into a game that I could do myself I'm sure there there could quite well be good games out there of it but me trying to pinch that sort of storyline to build that this game isn't gonna isn't gonna work however you know after discussing with you I'm, I'm thinking of going ahead with that the final girl one so basically you play the character of the final girl from a horror movie and you're trapped inside a giant mansion and it's all locked down and you've got to solve a whole bunch of puzzles to get out while there's some sort of killer chasing you and um, I've been sort of sketching out ideas, working what, out what sort of mechanics I'd need to be able to run that. And thankfully, thankfully I found like a lot of things. So how you can like um, go in stealth mode, turn lights on and off in the in the game. So it helps you hide and you can you set it up. So like you hear footsteps, you hear your own footsteps, and but you can also hear the killer's footsteps. So as he gets closer to you, you hear the footsteps, which then gives you the chance to go hide and I've sort of been working on like layouts of the the building and that so again still in the very early stages of development but um yeah I'm 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 having fun just tinkering with that and having a little bit of a creative flow with that and um as we mentioned we're probably going to watch Ready or Not in the next coming weeks because that movie is very similar to that this whole idea is that there's a girl inside a house and in Ready or Not she's actually being chased by a number of people and she's trying to get out, but where I'm just going to have the one person. So that's that'll probably be next week's, uh, next recording's movie will be ready or not, but mm-hmm. it's basically I'm going to use that to get an idea of uh, house layout and things like that to, to try and develop the game further. All right, uh, just moving into announcements. We came across a little bit of interesting news this week, which I actually think might have been announced a little while ago, but it looks like that there is the possibility of a new Friday the 13th movie that's going to be in the making. Uh, it looks like there has been a lot of legal, if, if people don't know, there's been a lot of legal issues about who owns the rights to the Friday the 13th movies. Um, this also caused some issue with the gun media game that came out a couple of years ago. It forced them to stop production on it and uh, a lot of other things, but anyway it looks like um, after a lot of legal battles and stuff, they've come to some sort of agreement that they can actually now move forward and if people want to buy the rights to make another Friday the 13th movie, they can. There's a lot of rumours about whether or not, I think it's Blumhouse, could be looking at doing one. There was a post by like, um, I think his name's James one of the owners of it. I think he was fairly keen on doing a Friday the 13th, so anyway that's a bit of news that we might not have to wait too much longer. There may be a, a new official Friday the 13th movie coming out, which comes out because well, the last one that we had was Jason X, which came out like 2001 or something like that. I'm not sure when it came out. It came out quite a while ago. But anyway, we could have another official one. Oh, there was a remakes that came out quite a while after that. But anyway, exciting news. There, there could be another Friday the 13th movie coming out sometime in the near future. Uh, Yay! <laughs> And just another little announcement is we've decided here at Some Daylight Required that we've sort of hit the stage where we're going to start doing a little bit of social media stuff. So we've got a Facebook page. So if you just go onto Facebook and do a search for Some Daylight Required, you'll find our page. So feel free to hit like on that and join the page and we'll post up little updates on uh, movies that we're watching If you want to give us some suggestions on movies to watch, that'd be a great place to do it. And just send us a message and and drop a line and say hi. So, yeah, so just jump on Facebook and look for uh, some daylight required there. Unless you've got any other announcements, Ems, we will move into our main discussion.
0: Uh, I don't have anything else to say, so we shall move on.
1: Excellent. Let's do it. All right, Em, since you're our little storyteller, why don't you give us a breakdown of what the storyline is for the movie Scream?
0: Okay. So this is the first Scream of the Scream franchise. This Scream is from 1996. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. A year after the murder of her mother, Sydney, a teenage girl, is terrorised by a new killer wearing a ghost face costume. The killer targets both her and her friends. By using horror films as part of a deadly game.
1: Excellent.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And we will talk more about that later because this movie looks into that whole horror movie genre. Mm. Which is really cool. But since you gave us the storylines, I will go through the characters. Cassie was played by Drew Barrymore. we got Sydney played by Nev Campbell. Billy was played by Skeet Elrich. We've got Stuart played by Matthew Lillard. Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, Tantum was played by Rose McGowan, Gail Withers is played by Courtney Cox of the Friends franchise, Uh, Deputy Dewey was played by David Arquette, and Henry Winkler actually played the principal in this, even though he doesn't get a mention in it, I threw him in because everyone loves the Fonz, even though you don't know who the Fonz is. I do not. No. Well, if you ever watch Happy Days, you'll go eee, and you'll know who the Fonzie is.
0: Yeah, speaking gibberish.
1: Oh well. Anyway, he he actually asked not to have his own name put on the list of billings because he didn't want to take away from the new younger actors on the movie, and I thought that was quite honourable. So he wanted the actual new people who were more of a star in the in the movie to actually be top billed because he was quite is is quite famous and was a lot more famous many years ago. Yeah, so that he actually said don't put my name on the movie. I you know let the other people, the new up and comers and they have their their name up in big lights. So, but I like him and so I threw him in. Anyway, before we get too carried away, this is our generic spoiler warning. There will be some spoilers in this. We're going to try and keep these to a minimum. Although this movie is like 24, 25 years old now.
0: (laughs) When was it made? Somewhere.
1: It was made in 1996.
0: (laughs) Okay, do the maths. Before.
1: It was 24 and now we're in 2021, so it's now 25 years Ah. ago. Okay. Although it was made quite a while ago, this horror movie is also a bit of a murder mystery. So in case there is someone listening to this who hasn't seen the movie, we're going to really try and keep Some of the spoilers under wraps throughout this one, so we don't give away the ending. All right, so speaking of that, what did you think of this storyline? So a young girl in her teens being attacked by a killer in a ghost face mask pretty much on the one-year anniversary of her mother's death. She's trying to survive, and they're all trying to work out who it is.
0: Okay, well, it was a good storyline, which is why there's so many of them. Actually, I don't know how many there are. There are
1: four. And the fifth one's in the works.
0: Yeah, so there are five of them. This one's a good movie. I like the storyline. It's definitely good. It definitely sort of... It's a horror movie about horror movies. So it's basically like your survival guide.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very much of a survival guide. Like they talk about the rules of horror movies. Uh, Especially Randy. He's a very horror... Mm. He's a big horror movie fan.
0: Yeah, so instead of a 500-page book, you got four and one movie that is coming out soon so four and one on the way yep four and one on the way so yeah it's definitely something that you should probably watch if you want to know how to survive a horror movie okay what do you think about the storyline
1: uh yeah this is again one of my favorite horror movies this came out like right in my prime of when i was like getting into horror movies i was 16 when this movie came out so i think i'd been into horror movies only for a couple of years before this. So when it came out, and in in those mid-90s, they, again, horror movies had a big resurgence. They all came out, and it was a lot of these killer, like, chasing down teens somewhere going... uh, The typical, like, again, teens going off on holidays, going on a camp or something, or just something happens, and a whole bunch of... A group of friends has been hunted, or or even, like, things like Final Destination and, and all that sort of thing. So, basically, these sort of horror movies had a big resurgence at that time, Right when I was in my mid to late teens, I really liked it. And I thought this was a really good one. Um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, there was another movie that came out similar time, which was called I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I cannot stand. Um, It's not absolutely terrible, but it's basically just a ripoff of Scream, I felt. And it just didn't do it justice. And then they even made a sequel of that. And I don't think it did any good either. Like... They they just weren't as, they were nowhere near as good as Scream. It's basically, you know, if you're a person who drinks Coke and then you're handed a Pepsi and you don't like Pepsi, it's like, oh, this is kind of like the knockoff of Coke. Yeah,
0: was the movie called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah,
1: I Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: Oh, okay, it took me, it took me a second there to realise what the name of the movie yeah. was.
1: So this movie is Scream. We watched it just the other day. <laughs> no. The other movie that we didn't watch was called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, okay. And then the sequel was called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer.
0: So he, nothing's changed between the two movies, just I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep.
1: And then, uh, I don't know, a few years back, maybe seven or eight or something, I don't know, a third one came out called I Will Always Know What You Did Last Summer. So
0: What did she do last summer or oh, he? I don't know.
1: Well, not that we're talking about those movies, but it's basically a person is murdered or killed by accident, and the rest of their friends cover it up. And then an unknown killer comes back to basically get revenge because they covered up the murder or the, the accidental death. Ah, oh, okay. So it's like, I know what you did last summer. But as I said, it's basically the knockoff version of Scream. Scream, I feel, is a much better movie.
0: Ah, oh, okay. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so anyway, I really liked it. We won't go into why this girl's being targeted or anything because that's will end up revealing too much. But yeah, I I thought it was really well done. I like the fact that the the actual killer is hidden from people and you don't know. And it's sort of like a bit of a murder mystery at the same time. And yeah, I thought all the characters in it were were quite relatable and understanding and they really played their parts well. So let's talk about that. Characters, did you have a favourite character? Uh,
0: Yes, I did. Uh, My favourite character was the killer. Before they revealed who it was. I didn't like it once they revealed who it was.
1: Okay. Leaving aside who it was when it was revealed, what about the killer before that person was revealed did you like?
0: Uh, Well, I liked... This actually links into my favourite scene as well. I liked the whole beginning scene... scenes. The whole beginning, like, 10, 20 minutes. That was good. It's basically short summary of it it's the first two deaths of the movie Mm -hmm. they're pretty close together Uh, so it's this girl and her boyfriend they both get killed but the killer is on the phone with the girl basically playing a trivia game of friday the 13th
1: yeah asking her horror trivia questions and the killer saying that if she can answer the questions then her boyfriend will live and then he, she doesn't, and then the killer says, if you can answer this, I'll let you live, and blah, 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 and he's basically just freaking her out and keeps calling her back and mm. and that. So, yeah. And
0: she burns her popcorn.
1: She does burn her popcorn. Yes, um, that I, was sad. I'm pretty sure that burning her popcorn was the last thing on her mind when there was a killer stalking her around her house and on the telephone to her and tormenting her mentally before that killer bust into the house and attempted to stab her to death yeah. <laughs> so, now, so
0: what was your favorite character and or scene
1: okay well my favorite character was definitely randy i think randy is the sort of slightly geekish friend uh, maybe not real geeky but he was a horror movie geek i suppose is the best way to say it. he he loved his horror movies and knows everything about movies he works in a video store. He's a bit of a goofball. I just really related to him, especially when I was a teenager and watching it because basically that was me. I was in the horror movie section every single weekend hiring, you know, I think it was seven horror movies, for seven weekly horror movies for $7 or something like that. And I'd basically go in every, every Saturday or Wednesday, whenever it was, go in and get seven new horror movies that I hadn't seen before off the shelf, rent them out take them home, watch them over the next week and then take them back and then get another seven out. And that was basically, you know, what I would do every single week through my mid to late teens. So this guy knowing all the rules to horror movies, that was me. I I knew what the rules were. If you watch enough horror movies, you sort to see the patterns. So him, he was funny. He knew his horror movies. He knew knows his normal movies. I just thought he was a, a pretty cool guy um, and I related Related a lot to him when I was growing up, so that's why Randy is my favorite character
0: Go on, what about your favorite scene?
1: Okay, my favorite scene is probably it involves Randy and it's when he's actually talking about the rules. so there's there are the three main rules for surviving a horror movie. don't get intimate, don't drink and do drugs and never leave a room and say, I'll be back. Basically, you do those things, and then you you basically put in a big target on yourself in one of these horror movies. So when he's sort of getting all worked up about that and telling everyone about these rules, that, you know, if you want to survive a horror movie, because, like, to him, this whole thing was just a horror movie that they were living through, which it it was. was. Um, Yeah, so he, he was all worked up, and he's telling people the rules, and he couldn't believe that these people he was talking to didn't know the rules of surviving a horror movie. So I thought that scene was quite quite a classic because he's going through the scenes and then he's watching. They're watching the TV and they're talking like they're watching Halloween, I believe it is yes, the original. It's Halloween, yep, which gets mentioned quite a lot in this movie. Yes. There's a lot of nods to John Carpenter and Halloween, but um, and again, it's one of my favourite movies. So yeah, that I think is why that was my favourite scene. It was just like I watched that and I've just gone yes, yes, that is exactly right. That is. You know, I was glad that someone else saw these rules in horror movies and were pointing them out inside a movie themselves. It's like, you know, and even Sydney in, in one scene when she's talking about, like, horror movies and that she doesn't like horror movies and the killer's on the phone and the killer asks, why don't you like them? And she's always like, oh, well, the final girl's always silly. You know, she should be running out the front door and getting out of the house, but instead she runs up the stairs and runs, you know, upstairs where she go and get trapped in the house. And that was why Sydney doesn't like watching horror movies. And then, of course, what happens? The killer comes in and what does Sydney do? Runs up the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like quite funny. So I really liked this that they, it was very, a very meta movie. It like took a look at itself and all the horror movies that are out there and discussed it inside itself. So yeah, that again is why I really liked that scene. So we've touched on this a little bit. And we're doing our best to avoid any real spoilers about this. But this horror movie is a little bit different to a lot of horror movies, where the fact that in this it's sort of a murder mystery where you don't know who the killer is. A lot of times the audience, us, we know who the killer is, but the the characters in the movie they don't. Like so, like in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Three, Four, blah blah blah. We know who the that it's Jason running around killing people, but the the characters don't. They they sort of know the legend of jason or whatever but they don't actually know that their friends are disappearing because of jason or or whatnot it's always like as um randy points out it's like they think that so-and-so has just gone off but what really so-and-so has been dead for half the movie but in this movie the killer is hidden from us similar to friday the 13th part one and of course as i mentioned before i know what you did last summer because it's just a ripoff of this what did you think about that like making this horror movie actually um Bit of a murder mystery and keeping the killer a secret from us as well.
0: Well, I liked it. It made you keep on guessing who you thought it was. Like I was mentally keeping note of who I thought was sus and who I thought was was suspicious. Using my Among Us powers, I could (laughs) decode who it was. I guess first up, who it was because they were acting very suspicious. But then I was proven wrong, and it made me go question everything. Yes, so that is, yeah, I liked it. It was good. It made you also, like, pay attention a little bit more to the movie, like little extra details.
1: Yes, because they kept throwing in, like, little herrings and stuff where you'd see the killer's boots, and then later you'd see someone else wearing boots similar to those shoes, Mm. and you have to go, hang on, why are we seeing this person's boots?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of stuff, and you're trying to figure out who it is. But you can't. That's so frustrating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And um, I'll just list a few things. So without actually giving away, again, who the killer is, like they lead you to think for a little bit that it's one of the friends, it's a boyfriend, it's her father, it's the principal, the police officer, one of the police officers, another one of the friends. So it really gets you going from one person to another to another. And then a a couple of those people might die. And then you're like, oh, well, it's obviously not that person because they just died, even though I just thought it was that person. And it really keeps you guessing the whole way through.
0: Yeah, I know. People keep on dying. Why couldn't you all stay alive so we can think you're the killer?
1: Because <laughs> it's a horror movie, and to have a horror movie, you've got to die.
0: Oh, ah, yeah, true.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. What else? Any, anything else? Do you think that keeping it a, a, a secret from... Oh, actually, Happy Death Day was another one, just on a side note. Um,
0: yeah it was that was good yeah so i like that one
1: do you think you find that keeping who the killer is from us is more exciting and more engaging for as an audience member
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) uh yes it is definitely more exciting and trying to use a different word than engaging because i just stole one from you it's definitely more exciting and suspenseful yeah there we go
1: but it, it sort of does engage, because you are then trying to keep an eye on who's who in the movie. Did you, so, you, and I'm assuming you've, you've well, you, you said it yourself, you found yourself trying to work out who the murderer was the whole time through?
0: Yes. I had a sort of suspicion that it was one of the police officers, but that went away very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. And then... Just file it away. Without, again, trying to let up who, who it was, who the killer is, when it was revealed... Did you go, oh, that makes sense now? Or were you still a bit like, oh, I, I w- wouldn't have picked that?
0: Okay, I'll do my best to try not to reveal anything here. I was partially right.
1: Okay. Do you think you find these sort of murder mystery ones more enjoyable than ones where you know straight out who the murderer is or what the murderer is?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Yep. So would you say this is probably going to be like your new sub-genre of horror where it's a sort of a a murder mystery-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I like not knowing who it is at first. Mm -hmm. That way it's it's definitely more suspenseful, especially, like, when the person you think is the killer and it's, like, them alone and they're doing stuff and then you get the music and then it all goes dead quiet and there's, like, a noise and then you're like... (gasps) It's not them.
1: No, because they, then the killer steps out from behind a door or something like that.
0: Yep. Or it just turns out to be a cat. Yeah, Because cats are always there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And they get stabbed.
1: As we've seen in, uh, what was it, Friday the 13th Part 2, is when the survivor from the first movie, she's in her home and she hears the noise and she thinks it's a cat. And the cat jumps through a window and then two seconds later Jason's in her house and stabs her through the head. Anyway, I also agree. I think the murder mystery ones are more engaging because I love murder mysteries. I like trying to pit my wits against the, the film and try and work out who, who the person is. So, I, yeah, I, like I said, this one is one of my real favourite ones. I find them more engaging. I like to try and puzzle it out. I think that's why murder mysteries are so well in uh so enjoyed by a lot of people is people want to try and feel smart and be able to puzzle it out before it's revealed to the characters um and I agree I do I'm one of those people I'm always trying to work things out so having a murder mystery that is a horror movie to me is just a win-win com- combination and if you throw a bit of comedy in there which this one does and so does Happy Death Day it makes it even better and that's probably why I like both these Happy Death Day and Scream so much is cuz it's a horror movie it's a murder mystery and it's got comedy in it. It's like what else could you want? Yes. Alright. So we've sort of raved on about that for a little bit. It's almost enough that it could be classed as a raise rants, because I haven't had one of them for a while. But oh, you <laughs> well, We've been watching a lot of good movies. Maybe we should watch I Know What You Did Last Summer, and then the whole episode will be a raise rant
0: yes we will do a special one for that we'll watch they said there was three
1: there's three of them i actually watched the third one just recently and it was even worse than the first two
0: we'll watch all three of them and just rant
1: okay that will be a bonus episode so people can just skip it <laughs> because i'm pretty sure no one's going to want to hear me rant about those movies for that hey long
0: us hear us rant about it
1: <laughs> yeah i'm
0: already signed to hayden i haven't even heard it <laughs> seen it
1: it'll, it'll go like this how's your week emily Thanks. Now, the worst thing about this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Moving along. This movie has a lot of interesting facts and I know you did your homework for it. Oh, thank you. So why don't you give us a bit of a breakdown of some of the facts that you found out about this movie.
0: okay well this definitely deserves an a plus in this movie there are a lot of hidden easter eggs linking to both wes craven's nightmare on elm street movie and john carpenter's halloween including wes craven playing the janitor and dressed like freddy krueger and being called freddy as like the janitor's name and was we'll freddy say, yeah. um and one of the characters to the whole thing is something out of a Wes Carpenter movie yeah so that was mash-up of both their names yeah a
1: bit of a joke there um and as as we've already mentioned like there's a lot of so this movie is actually directed by Wes Craven mm-hmm. so and he was a person playing Freddy he did Nightmare on Elm Street he did quite a lot of like suspenseful horror movies and so throughout this movie there, there's lots of as you said uh, little easter eggs talking about Nightmare on Elm Street talking about Halloween and John Carpenter and, yeah, so they obviously did a lot of nods and if we remember back to our Halloween special that we did uh, when we we're talking about H2O they're actually in the couple of girls in their dorm room and they're watching Scream 2 on the TV which was like a little nod back at this movie. So there's <laughs> a lot of nodding. I know it's like one giant universe of nods back and forth between Wes Craven and uh, Wes, yeah, Wes Craven and John Carpenter.
0: They know their lives are being filmed and watched (laughs) by others.
1: What else you got there for us?
0: At the beginning of the movie, when Cassie's parents come home to find something is wrong, her father tells her mother to go to the Mackenzie's, which is the same thing Lauren told Lindsay and Tommy to do on Halloween. Lindsay and Tommy were the two kids on Halloween. Yep,
1: and and Laurie was Laurie Strode. Again, another nod to uh, Halloween.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Matthew Lillard was cast as Stu by chance after accompanying his then-girlfriend, to an unrelated audition taking place elsewhere in the same building. That was confusing. Basically, he got cast to as Stu by accident and he did an audition in the same building but in a different area. And casting director Lisa Beach saw Lillard in the hallway and asked him to audition for the part and he got, he got into, into the, the role man. with incredible curiosity.
1: Which you can see in his character when he plays. Like, he's... He's one of the people that they lean to at for a little while and mm-hmm. sort of swing back and forth, and his character is just, like, very crazy and wild.
0: Yes. Uh, Courtney Cox approached the production to pursue the role. Okay. She was interested in playing a bitch character to offset her nice Friends image. Mm-hmm. So from the Friends TV series. Yep.
1: If you haven't seen Friends, watch Friends. If you're old enough, great. It's quite funny, um, but she plays quite a nice character. Maybe a little bit manic. And a little bit, um, a bit, a little bit controlling, but she's overall she's quite a friendly character. But she did it to sort of break the stereotype of, you know, who she was going to get cast playing all the time. So by doing a complete opposite character to what she normally does, sort of opens things up and allows her, gives her a better range of things that she could probably do because people will take her more as a diverse actor rather than stereotyping her as the one type of character.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, well, the special effects artist mm. used about 50 gallons of blood. I would also like to know whether that's real blood or fake blood.
1: Uh, it's fake blood. I read some other articles about, like, that. I don't know if you remember, but they were talking. There's a scene where they talk about, like, some fake blood right at the end of the movie. It mm. was done with. Um, pig's
0: blood or something. Corn syrup. Corn syrup.
1: Starch. Yeah, cornstarch and that. And I that, heard
0: pigs, so I don't know where I got that from.
1: Because he's talking about the end of. The Carrie movie, the movie Carrie, <laughs> she gets dumped with pig's blood, so-called pig's blood, but it's actually the corn syrup and, oh. and dye, and that's what they used in the making of this. They used the same technique.
0: Wow, oh, so you use 50 gallons of cornstarch and food dye.
1: Yeah, I think there was some other fake blood stuff as well, but there was a good portion of it used by that.
0: Okay, all the killer's phone calls were really done by Roger Jackson on set with a, call, with a cell phone, instead call phone. At one point, the crew were contacted by the police, demanding to know who they were because they thought there was a real killer making the phone calls. <laughs> well, if you're that convincing, you better, was it, Grammy? you yeah, better, better get an award.
1: Yeah, get a Grammy, get an Oscar. So I read a little bit about this as well. It's a slightly different thing, but Roger Jackson, he was actually only meant to be a fill-in phone call. Um, They were actually going to replace his voice with someone else, but it was just so they could have the actors reacting to him on the phone. So they used his voice to begin with, and then they were going to probably replace it with someone else's voice. But then in the end, they were listening to it, and they're just like, why replace it? His voice is just perfect for this. So he then became the voice of the killer throughout all the Scream movies. Mm. Obviously, he was quite convincing because the police thought he was really doing prank phone calls that. And threatening people's lives. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know if there was a, people called up and pointed the fact out that there was someone making some psychotic calls or maybe the phone was tapped. Who knows? But know. no, it's pretty interesting.
0: Yes. Well, that is all the facts that I have gathered today. My A-plus work.
1: Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Also R-
0: deserves an award.
1: Does. I will give you a pat on the back later.
0: Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> and anyway, thank, thank you for bringing those interesting facts together. Final wrap-ups, I guess. Let's rate this movie. Do you think it is a daylight movie, meaning it is super scary and can only be watched in broad daylight? Is it a twilight movie, meaning it is somewhat scary but you can watch it with a little bit of darkness? Or is it a midnight movie, meaning it is not scary at all and you can just watch it in pitch black?
0: I feel like I'm doing a whole pattern here. I keep on saying it's a twilight to midnight movie. Uh, but this one, probably a midnight Mm-hmm. it's scary, not super scary but I could definitely watch it in midnight again
1: yep which in pitch black yeah yeah I agree it's again there's a little bit of gore but not a lot in it not a lot of huge amount of jump scares even when the killer does jump out they're not super jump scares or horrific yeah and I actually going on I another side note I did see that um uh, Craven when he was trying to get this released in America he wanted it so in America I believe. They have, like, where well, we have, like, MA, which is, like, 15+, plus theirs is, like, mm. R, and then we have, our R is 18+, plus but they have, like, NC-17 or something, and then every time they took it to the people who review it and tell you what rating it gets, he'd take it to them, and they would keep, kept giving it the NC-17, so you had to be, like, 17 years or older to watch it, and they didn't want that. They wanted it for, like, the lower things, so they kept saying, you've got to cut out more gore, you got to cut out more gore or whatever. And it got down to the version that it is, and they're still saying you need to cut more out. And then he he was just like, I don't know what to do about this. And then someone else said, Let me handle that. It. it was like one of the head people from the the movie thing. And then he he went and spoke to them, and then came back and said, We've got the you know the R rating or whatever it was, the M the fifteen plus. And he's like, What did you do? And he says, I just told them to look at it as a comedy and not a horror movie. Uh-huh. So, apparently. Lots of gore and blood and stuff in a comedy is fine, but if you call it a horror, then it's not fine.
0: Okay, well, um, <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so, I think.
1: So anyway, <laughs> that aside, yeah, I agree. It's definitely a midnight movie. It's not that scary. It's a little bit suspenseful. It's but it's mainly a murder mystery, than a real horror. I find myself anyway. Yes. <laughs> All right, and uh, what age do you think this is suitable for? Now, as I just said, they've got it for the 15-plus the sort of range. You're still not quite 13, so <laughs> <laughs> did you find it was too advanced for yourself or did you think that you're, you you were okay?
0: Advanced? Yeah. Uh, um, no, it wasn't. I don't know if it deserves an MA Emmy. If it doesn't deserve a 15-plus thing. There is a bit of gore, but not a lot. It's not like a. Not a freaky. Yeah, not a freaky. That one's. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. It's probably like 12, 13, above. Depends on how much your child has been exposed to. Yeah, Like me.
1: <laughs> and as you always say, and I always say, if you are the parent, always watch the movie first before you decide whether or not your child is able to watch the movie. Yes. Just because I'm irresponsible doesn't mean that you have to be. <laughs>
0: Ah, yes.
1: All right. Final thoughts on this movie. Would you watch it again? And are you keen to see the other movies in the rest of the franchise?
0: I would definitely watch it again, and I would happily watch the other movies in the franchise. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: And are you keen to find out that uh, I can let you know without uh, actually spoiling too much that even in the future ones, uh, you're never quite sure at all again to begin with on who the murderer is. So Yeah. So if you're wondering what they were going to do. As good most good horror movies, you may think someone's dead or you may not think someone's dead. They all sort of die and come back. This, again, follows that sort of path where the killer comes back and you're not 100% sure on if it's the same killer or a new killer or what. It's good to hear that you are keen to see it. I'm keen to see it. I've seen it before. I've seen all four of them. I've got to say I quite enjoy the first three. The fourth one was a bit eh, but... I've got high hopes for the fifth one. I believe it's going to come back and be strong like the, the original three. Mm, four? Um, not, the fourth one was okay. Uh-huh. But the first three are quite strong. Mm. Fourth one was okay. And this new one that's coming out like next year, I think it's coming out 2022. So it's not this year in 2021. It's next year, 2022. I believe it, from what I can understand, it's sort of going back to the original trilogy way so uh-huh. I, I believe Nev the Cap- trilogy way yeah i believe Nev campbell is back in it a lot more i can't remember how much she's actually in number four but yeah i'm, I'm hoping it's it goes back to the the, the original trilogy okay. which when you when we keep watching them you'll find out about the rules of the trilogy because that's in the third one mm. all right well that's pretty good so far so before we finish off this episode ems do you have any survival tips for our listeners out there if they find themselves trapped in a horror movie.
0: I do. This time, I have the rules of how to survive a horror movie.
1: Ooh, okay. Okay.
0: So you can be a randy in every horror movie situation. Okay, so know the rules and follow the rules. You don't bend the rules, you just follow them. Mm-hmm. There's no, no questioning the rules.
1: All right, it on us.
0: Okay, so there are ten of these. Number one, don't ever investigate or say... Or say you'll be right back, because you won't be. Just don't investigate because it's not worth it. You know something bad's going to happen if you hear a loud noise. Okay, number two, turn around because it's always behind you. Mm-hmm. It always is. They're not going to jump out in front of you. They're going to jump out behind you because you can't punch them in the face then. Uh, three, never watch a horror movie when you're in one, which I guess that would make sense because you already get spooked out and you get spooked out even more. Uh, number four, make sure your car is always in perfect working order, because I've noticed a couple times, the cars are garbage and they can't do anything.
1: Yep, that is true.
0: Uh, number five, don't ever split up. Stay as a group. That way, only one or two of you will die before you actually kill the killer.
1: In order, what you're saying is, hang around with people who are slower than you, because you only need to be faster than them, not faster than the killer.
0: Yeah, that can apply to everything. Six, when haunted, just move out of the damn house. <laughs> like, you don't need to stay there. No one's- unless If you signed a contract to stay there, there's always something fishy going on. Number seven, wear comfortable shoes. You're going to be running. You need comfortable shoes. Mm-hmm. Number eight, avoid proms and all other high school parties, because alcohol and you're going to get drunk and do something stupid and get killed. Yep. Number nine, always assume your attacker is still alive. Like Friday the 13th, he kept on coming back. Yep. Yep. Zom-
1: can- Zombie land, always double tap.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, keep your clothes on.
1: Sorry, keep your water on?
0: Keep your clothes on.
1: Oh, keep
0: your clothes on, yes. Yep, don't go skinny dipping, don't go swimming, as proven by Jaws. Just keep your clothes on. Also, don't have a bath at like 12 o'clock at night <laughs> because that's just not smart no matter where you come from. Just not smart. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that is all that I have.
1: Well, on that uh, very informative note, even Randy didn't have that many rules of surviving a a horror movie.
0: Yeah, cup that, Randy. um,
1: (laughs) There you go. You've heard it first from us, the 10 tips for surviving a horror movie. But on that note, till next time.
0: Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. But most of all, please tell a friend. If you have any questions, comments, or review suggestions, please email us at somedaylightrequired@outlook.com. And always remember, be good,
0: be kind,
1: and, and always rewind. rewind. That's it, man! Game over, man! Game over!